Welcome back to the We Are Here podcast, only on southcoast.fm. Man, it's been a while, I think, for a lot of us, taking some time off mentally and physically uh, during this COVID pandemic. And I usually take some time off towards the end of the summertime for the podcast and content creation things that I do. Uh, and looking looking to start things back up again, of course, on this podcast in the South Coast Content Creators Group on Facebook. If you're not a member there, go to southcoast.fm slash creators. And it's a Facebook group for everyone who is creating content uh, on the South Coast, both as a passion project or for your business. Content marketing, podcast, YouTube, blogging, newsletter, all that fun stuff. Southcoast.fm slash creators. All right. Don't forget to join the email list as well. Southcoast.fm slash subscribe. All the good stuff comes from that email newsletter. It's going to be kicking back off again for the fall, winter, spring seasons. Let's talk to our first guest in the new upcoming season of the We Are Here podcast, Midori Evans. Let's dive it right into the show. Great. Thanks. Well, I'm really happy to be here today. And I run Midori Creativity, which is a business that I started in the last couple of years when I moved down to the South Coast. And I do creativity coaching and workshops and also really just encourage people to find those places in their lives that make them happy and bring them meaning. So whatever creative thing you want to be doing, if it's in the garden or if it's with your camera, uh, I'm all for it. Uh, at one point, I think you were working on a website too, right? With like photographs, right? You were uploading photographs and people were printing. Is, it, is that still a thing in your, in your cache of of products? Yes. Yep. I've got my actual webpage for Midori Creativity, but I also have a, ph- a photography website, cedarlightimages.com, which is my own private foot, you know, photographs. And um, yeah, that's still happening. And you're a musician. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm just going through this scroll yes. of things that you do. <laughs> yes. Um, so when I, as part of being at Groundwork, my wonderful co-working community, um, once a month I do a creative interludes concert, which now that we're all working from home, it's live stream. Um, but before it was at Groundwork and I just, it's like background music to enjoy while you're working. And that's, I love doing that. I've played the piano since I was six years old. So it makes me very happy. And lots of new things uh, have happened because, right, because now I think uh, we were doing this stuff over Zoom as well. Folks could tune in, and listen, and engage with uh, the community. Uh, what new things on your radar have come up uh, because of this whole COVID thing? It's an unfortunate situation, but it, it has spawned, at least from, from my point of view, a lot of new projects and opportunity from folks who said, well, I can't, like, it's illegal to meet in person. So like, I have to do this thing on the internet now. What new things, what new digital things or new opportunities have come your way because of this stuff? Well, one thing that happened is I actually launched an Artist Way course, specifically when the pandemic hit and we were all stuck at home. And it's a 12-week course that is an artistic recovery course. And it was wonderful because the first course had people from Sweden, from the UK, from Australia, people just from all over the world were able to come and be part of this, as opposed to it just being a course that was offered for the South Coast area. So it's really exciting to be able to reach people all over the world. And I'm continuing to do that. I'm running a course right now, and I have another one starting in the fall in September. It's co-hosted by the Co-Creative Center, 
and we'd love people to check it out. What is the logistics of the of the technology that you deliver the course content with? I'm, I'm very interested to learn this, what other people are doing on the South Coast, because I've been a cheerleader for like digital training for so long. And not up until recently did people actually pay any mind (laughs) to actually doing this stuff. So I'm curious (laughs) on how you've launched it. Yeah, exactly. It's a whole new world. We're all learning all these tools, right? Um, So primarily for this course, we gather on Zoom and it's once a week so that we actually get to be, quote unquote, talking to each other in person. And then the rest of it is we just use Google Drive, shared Google Doc folders to share things and presentations that I've made on Canva that people work on and look at throughout the week. That's awesome. And and are you doing anything from like a, um, uh, this might not be the right word, but like a certification or like a diploma, like any kind of like awards, like through this thing to, to keep people sort of... Um, chasing that carrot, which I found for online training is, is something that is, uh, um, is beneficial, a little bit of a pursuit, if you, you might say. Yeah, that's a very interesting comment. So primarily when you're going through a course of artistic recovery, it brings up all sorts of issues and sometimes brings up past trauma or reasons why you didn't go and pursue the artistic career you might have wanted to pursue. So it's not so much about the diploma as it is about having the support That's what everybody who went through the first course talked about was just, oh, there's somebody there. There's people who I'm getting to know. And it's really quite incredible how strong the bonds were, even though we haven't met each other in person. Um, The group really was was a cohesive whole. And that's what kept people going, as opposed to, I think, getting that piece of paper at the end. It was more, hey, look what I did. And I really did find a part of myself again, that creative part of me that really wants to go do the work that those people cared about. Nice. And primary means, uh, I'm going to rapid fire questions at you because I think you can take it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Primary means to, to marketing this, uh, this effort. Are you doing things with like social? Do you have a specific strategy or tactic around uh, promoting this and getting people on board? So it part of how I've always lived my own Life has been a mixture of, hey, let's see what tools are out there and what I need to be doing, but also sort of this trust that it's going in the direction that I'm doing the work that I need to be doing. And so I'm still using that same approach. I definitely have social media accounts. I'm posting on Instagram. I've got my Facebook account. Um, The event is listed on Eventbrite, and I do a lot of local publicity It's being shared with all sorts of different groups that I've connected with here on the South Coast. And besides that, it's, I mean, I I was amazed at how it reached people around the world without my really sitting down and coming up with a media strategy to do that. So it's, it, that that's the same approach that I'm using as I continue to market the courses. I've been huddled in uh, my office attic since the pandemic kicked in. Uh, raising three young boys and actually switched uh, full-time jobs amidst all of this stuff. And I hate to say it, but I haven't been in touch with, you know, the community uh, as much as, as I have liked to. Uh, are we in a bit of a rebuilding phase or are we still in that kind of, oh boy, we don't really know what's next. So let's just create something to see what happens. (laughs) Right, exactly. I mean, I think people are approaching this from different um, 
really depending on their own life circumstances. So I personally have had quite a number of health problems in my life. So I'm on the more cautious end of things. I'm not going out and doing as much. I'm not doing in-person events right now. Some people definitely are. Groundwork, the co-working space has been open. And I know that there's a regular number of people who are showing up. So we're in this weird in-between part right now where I, I personally have found that doing things on Zoom is is helpful for me. Just the amount of time that I can carve out of my day to be able to do the more intense and more thoughtful creative work that I want to be part of my work. And so not having to travel places and being able to do everything from home has actually been helpful in that regard. Yeah. Do you miss that uh, as someone who's super creative and like in-person uh, like true art form? <laughs> like, do you miss yeah. the in-person stuff? <laughs> well, yes, without a doubt. I mean, that it, it's so, we, we need each other. I mean, that's it's as simple as yeah. that. We need each other. Um, and yet there is something about doing doing creative work where almost every book you read about creativity talks about getting more comfortable with aloneness, having time for silence, forcing yourself to get up an hour earlier than you normally would just because that's a quiet time of the day. So it's, I having a sustained amount of time for that, I feel like it's rebuilt and refilled what I needed from that. And then once the world is a little friendlier for in-person, oh, I'm, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, you have the other uh, ventures that you're going after. Tell me about this latest one that was recently on the cover of uh, or the cover, the digital cover, the printed cover of the Standard Times. Yeah, that's a project that's very near and dear to my heart. So I'm part of a Quaker meeting in Dartmouth. It's the Allen's Neck Friends meeting. I've been a Quaker for for decades. And uh, last fall, last summer, it just was one of those things that grew. The nobody sat sort of sat down and said, "Let's go do something about gun violence." It was more like we all realized how much we felt that we kept waking up and reading stories in the newspaper about more and more gun violence and just all of these people whose lives were being affected. And we started this project, which is called 765 Flags. And it's um, an installation that was up in uh, earlier in August for two weeks in Westport. It's about to go up in New Bedford, uh, hopefully in a couple of days, if all goes well. And the 765 flags is the number of people who die every single week in the United States from gun violence, from all different kinds of gun violence. And so what we're doing is we are bearing witness to this. We don't have a political agenda. We just are deeply moved by the loss, um, by the pointlessness and the senselessness of the violence. And we want to encourage people to be with that. And from my perspective, the project is so creative. It's so we've made all of these flags by hand. Uh, we've decorated them. Some of them are painted. Some of them, you know, stamps, all sorts of different artistic materials. People of all different ages have gotten involved, kids to grandparents. We were able to do two workshops in New Bedford, one at the New Bedford Quaker meeting, friends meeting, and also one at the co-creative center back before COVID had such an effect on our lives. So it was open to the community for people to come in and make flags. And um, 
I've then gone on from that and been able to be lucky enough to um, go down and take photographs and put together a video and record some audio, put together our own video about the project. So it's really been um, something that I feel like I've been able to let my creative self really, really shine within a project that I feel like is vitally important to the future of, of where we're going as a country. Right. So. Right. As, as a human race. Well, that um, too. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. How, yes. How, what's the, vo- how many folks are involved with a, a project like that? So people have done all sorts of different things and some people more involved than others. Obviously there's a few people who have been very involved in, it, it's a lot of work trying to figure out how to put up seven pairs of poles and they're, they're carefully um, stacked so that you can see, you know, the height is different for each set and um, you've got one set of poles for each day of the week. So figuring out the measurements for all of that is quite something. And then we've got people who did a lot of the sewing, people find the fabric. Um, So um, I think at some point we've been getting various fabric donations from people. So we had beautiful pieces of things to choose from. And a lot of the members at, at Allen's Neck Friends Meeting obviously were very involved as well. Yeah. And now this will be a, uh, a physical uh, installation people can go view it whereabouts. Oh yes. Yeah. So when it was up in Westport, it was um, in a field next to the Bayside restaurant and you could yep. uh, just take a look as you were um, getting a meal or driving by. And now um, it will be at the corner of County and Union at the Unitarian church in New Bedford. And I'm unclear. I can't really speak yet to how accessible it is to be able to go in to actually walk under the flags, but you will certainly be able to see it from outside, you know, on either direction, on either street and be able to just go and be with that and think about <laughs> what that means and whether or not you feel called to do something yourself uh, for, for peace. It's awesome. That's awesome. With so many different projects and, and creative inspirations, is there I know it's probably hard to to answer this, but is there one sort of guiding light or metric you use to say that 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 these are successful? Like, you know, if we're just selling uh, widgets, we say, well, we sold 20 widgets this month. It's success. We've made money. <laughs> but with, <laughs> with these different types of, of things that you're doing, do you have one way to like measure success across all of them that you keep near and dear? Honestly, it's really about completion. So I... In my coaching work, I do a lot of work talking to people about what stage they're in. Um, A lot of creative people tend to have loads and loads of ideas, get really excited about things, and then feel very frustrated because they don't always come to be. And so part of the issue is that we, all humans, it's not just creative people, we tend to sort of go from step A to step M, let's say, and we think it's going to happen in one step. And it doesn't, you know, you really have to to select the idea. You need to be able to have consistent working time. You need to be able to make sure that you feel like the, the tasks that you've chosen for yourself or the project you've chosen for yourself is complete. And then that you're showing it to the, to the external world. And those are all distinct steps in a creative process. Mm-hmm. So there've been plenty of things in my life and I'm sure everyone can relate where they never quite got done, did they? <laughs> and so that's, that's what I say. Hey, it's, it's better done than perfect. So you get, you invest your heart and your soul in something you, you do your best, you put in the time that you have, 
have for it. You, you love it. And then you say, Hey, here it is. This is my creation. And you put it out into the world and then it it's there and you hope that people enjoy it or are moved by it or whatever it is that happens as a result, but you've done your bit and you've, you've created it and then you've let it go. Yeah. That's such a, uh, I know it's, it's, strange for folks to to think about putting things out in the open without them being and I'm I'm interested obviously to get your your take on this but putting things out into the open that aren't f- like fully complete or in my world in the digital world like pixel perfect is what we might say mm-hmm. uh because there's a lot to be there's a lot of opportunity by doing things out in the open. And I give you a quick example is like, you know, I've been podcasting now for eight years. And when I started a podcast, I had no idea what the heck I was going to do with it. And eventually it became a, a real uh, boon, a real benefit to uh, my, my agency that I had, I was running at the time, right? Digital agency, selling WordPress sites, uh, helping people with WordPress, that kind of thing. And it became this, this cornerstone to say, here's all this knowledge I have at WordPress because that's what the other podcast is all about is WordPress. And I could use that to say, look, I mean, if you want to do business with uh, us and the, and the team, here's, uh, you know, the highest rated WordPress podcast on iTunes. You can listen to how we approach building out WordPress sites. It became like this, this archive of work. And it was just me just constantly doing things in the open. Had I not been a podcaster, I would have never been in the role that I'm I'm at today, which is a director of podcaster success for a podcast hosting company, right? <laughs> right. So it's just like this whole meta circle that just is like come back. It's like you are podcasting about podcasting and you just got a director role to just podcast, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And it's because it's just you constantly are pushing things out into the world. But a lot of people are afraid to, to push out unfinished stuff. And I tell this to uh, companies that I, uh, or entrepreneurs that I mentor through eFrall, it's just like, they're like, oh, I don't know what to write about. I don't know what to blog about. I don't know what to Instagram about. I don't know what to podcast about. It's just like, you just have to put out little bite-sized chunks of a story. And guess what? In a year's time, it's going to add up to like this beautiful archive of where you've been. Is that a fair statement? Is that something that you've practiced or, or preached to others? Yes, yes, very much so. And I but I sympathize because yeah. it does seem often when you when you're kind of thinking about what you care about and what you want to be doing and you kind of wandering around on Facebook or reading the newspaper and you think, "Wait, look at all these things that people did." It feels like they probably went there on some linear path. But most of the time that's just not true. And so it's teaching ourselves to look and question in a different way. So not, okay, they did that. So let me find the linear path to get there as well. But rather to say, hey, maybe I can talk to them and find out, did they really go there on a linear path? Or was it this kind of crazy circular, you know, I don't never know quite where I'm going sort of thing. And you'll find out that more often than not, that's what it is. So you start to trust that there's a way forward, even if you're not exactly clear what life is going to look like in one year or two years or five years. And um, I know that we're taught that we need to sit down and make our goals and we need to sit down and plan things out. My personal experience has been that that doesn't often get me where I want to go. And it's a, it's almost more of a, a backwards goal setting. It's like setting the goals. When yeah, you're yeah, done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look what I did. <laughs> so but a lot of that, I mean, it's probably easy. Well, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it's probably easy for you and I to say that because we've 
and again, not putting words in your mouth, but we, we failed a lot, right? I mean, I was, I know <laughs> I have good. failed You're a lot. You're good. No worries. Right? <laughs> you know? So it's just like, it's easy for us to kind of say this because we have those battle scars and, and it's tough because people are looking at you like first time entrepreneurs are like, like my, you know, my product's not ready. I haven't picked it. Is that, don't worry about it. You don't need to worry about it. <laughs> you just mm-hmm. need to start telling people about it and getting that momentum going because the worst thing somebody could do, like I see with Efrol, and nothing against Efrol, but they, they, it's an accelerator. It's 90 days. It's a lot of pressure. In the beginning, everyone's like, this is going to be beautiful. Halfway through, they're like, this is, I want to blow my brains out. Like, this is crazy. <laughs> right, exactly. Like, you know, uh, but the worst thing you could do is like build this thing in a closet and not be telling anybody about it. And then you're, you're done with the accelerator and then you launch and it's to crickets because that's what happens to 99.99% of people. It's like, start telling that story now. And by the way, it's going to change in a year. It's going to change in six months. It's going to change in six years. But just get comfortable talking about it. I mean, that, at least that's my point of view. Failure lies taught us a lot of lessons, in my point of view. Yes, I agree. And I think that that's a lesson that I've noticed is more out there sort of in the world and accepted than it was maybe 10 or 20 years ago. It's, it's encouraged. Yes. You know, we learn by failing and think about every single thing we've ever done. Like, you know, we all fell down when we were babies learning to walk. We all made mistakes when we were learning to add. I mean, it's just when you realize that that is learning and that they're one and the same. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, bringing it full, circle to uh community and uh you know some of the a lot of the things that i talk about on this show is is like how how is this area unique to do business and and a lot of people up until this point you know we've talked about uh you know uh, how it's unique to get you know real estate on the south coast how it's unique to get things uh, approved or not approved on the south coast for you uh this creative community is there some uniqueness i, I think i kind of know the answer to this but is there a unique thing about doing business on the south coast that's unique to you in in, in your experiences well first of all i am fairly new down here just in the last couple of years and so everything's new um but the thing that comes to mind is just the unbelievable wealth and diversity of creative energy that's in New Bedford. It is just so exciting. Um, There's people doing all sorts of different projects and people really just caring about creating a creative economy down here. And that's not something you find everywhere. And so that's beautiful and special and I love it. And it's also, I, for me, I think that being in a place that is so, beautiful in terms of the landscape and the um, just the greenery, the number of paths there are to go walking around here, the accessibility to the ocean that feeds us. And so that is also a very different energy and vibe than you would find if you were in a city. So do I miss a little bit of the urban energy sometimes, but I love it down here and I'm just finding other things to, to be connected to creatively. Yeah, I, I'm just getting back from going to uh, Nantucket this weekend for my five-year anniversary with my wife. And it's just like, man, th- this area, like to go to Nantucket from New Bedford to Nantucket in an, whatever it is, an hour, an hour and a half, mm-hmm. something like that. I mean, it's just, it's it's crazy. It's, just, it's, just, <laughs> it's such a beautiful place. It's just like looking around at the buildings. I'm like how long have these buildings, like how is this brick building still standing on an island of salt water, surrounded by salt water for, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years. It's just like a beautiful area. And it's mm-hmm. just, you know, we are, we are pretty lucky in that, in that sense for sure. I agree. <laughs> and being around people, I mean, it was like the, that has been probably the first time, you know, 
I've gone to the grocery store once or twice. Yeah. <laughs> but I, sh- I shifted to like getting everything delivered. But short of going to the grocery store in the last however long this has been, five months, four, four and a half months, whatever, uh, it was the first time I've actually been in a big public setting that is taking a ferry over and then just mm-hmm. walking around a downtown area. And that was just like, there's people. <laughs> you know, Isn't it's just it like, weird? It, yeah, it's <laughs> very strange. Well, what strikes me about that too is how quickly we all adapted to that. Like, yeah. just w- wait a second. <laughs> There's something both sort of reassuring, but also really disturbing about that. <laughs> yeah. Like walking, like being on a boat. Although I should say, well, the, the ferry over was, there was like out of probably like 20, 30 people on it. I don't know. On the way back, there was a lot more people uh, at the seven o'clock or 4.30 coming in at seven. And but it was just also weird being locked away for so long and being like, "Ooh, is it okay to is it okay to walk into this building with all these?" I mean, everyone's wearing masks, right? Like mm-hmm. no one's breaking the law, but it's just it just felt weird to be in a new place surrounded by so many people when we've been so uh, af- I guess afraid Isolated. of it for so long. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, do you have one piece of advice that you'd like to leave uh, a new entrepreneur or a veteran entrepreneur with uh, for our time today? something that would help them either start their business or uh, one piece of advice that you've kept close to your heart for uh, your business career, your professional career? I think it's similar to something we were already talking about, but it's really that idea of just pick something and move forward with it. Like the worst thing that you can do is sit there trying to figure out what the perfect next step is because the perfectionism will kill you. And it's just, hey, do you feel connected to this? Does it feel solid and strong? Do you have the tools to do it? Great. Go out and try it. See what happens. And then you have new information and you have new connections. And it's just, that's where the growth happens. 100%. Midori Evans, where can folks find you on the web to say thanks? Feel free to pitch all of your creative projects. Yep. Uh, So I'm primarily at Midori Creativity, which is M-I-D-O-R-I creativity.com. And you can also take a look for the 765 Flags project, which is bit.ly slash 765flags. And the other thing is I would really love to encourage any artists or artist friends out there. We have a once a month. It's the second Tuesday of the month at 6 o'clock, co-sponsored by the Co-Creative Center in New Bedford. And it's an artist gathering critique discussion group open to any artists who are just looking for more connection. Right now we're meeting on Zoom, so it is virtual. We obviously hope to get it back to being in person once things settle down. And if anybody's interested in attending that, just uh, give me a shout, send me an email. Awesome stuff, everyone else. It's the southcoast.fm podcast, the We Are Here podcast. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Don't forget to subscribe to the newsletter, southcoast.fm slash subscribe.